0: Oh, yeah. just like I wonder how
1: Floyd feels being beat by a woman for once. Ireland have achieved the unthinkable. They have defeated four times world champions, New Zealand. O'Sullivan's holding on, O'Sullivan's got a drive for that line, but Gabriela Chabo is the Olympic champion. Sonia O'Sullivan is beaten on the line. What a fantastic final lap, but what a response from Sonia O'Sullivan. Hey. A perfect fit! This is my Tanner. the Olympic champion. I dreamed of this moment so many times
0: before. Hello and welcome, my name is Clena Foley and this is Off The Bench, a podcast about women's sport which we hope will educate and entertain sports fans of all genders. You can find us on iTunes or on the podcast section of offtheball.com, just go into the podcast section and find Off The Bench, you'll find all our previous episodes there. And we also have a Twitter account, it's at Off OTB capital OTB, for your thoughts and suggestions and maybe anything you want to give us feedback on. Our guest today is somebody who did something major really in terms of sport. She left school early, went across the world to train because basically there was nobody in Ireland good enough to to beat her or to give her the kind of practice she needed. So tennis player George Germany, welcome to Off The Bench. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Great to have you here because you're home but you're racing back I think fairly quickly to America where you're now studying. When are you going? Yeah, I leave this Sunday to continue my studies in Vanderbilt University. And we'll talk about that later on because you're down in Nashville, which must be pretty different for a a South Dublin girl.
1: Yeah, it's a lot different with all the country music and everything, but
0: it's a lot of fun. (laughs) I bet it's different, all right. Um, Big thing for you, obviously, and we'll talk about your career and where it's come to, but recently you won the Irish Open. Um, Were you the first Irish woman we think you might have been to win the Irish Open?
1: Yes, I think I was the first Irish woman, so it was a great achievement and it was definitely nice having the home crowd and everyone there to support
0: me, family and friends. It was a great feeling to be And there. in the final, she, you beat a French woman who was, you were, what were you, seated fifth? I was seated fifth, yes. And you had a th- tough first game.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was a long game had some break points so you saved was, you yeah, saved a few very yeah, few saved, so break points. it was good just trying to get my nerves out of the first game and get through that game because it's always the most important
0: one it must be the hardest one Tennis psychologically i'm thinking it must be the hardest the first two games are they
1: yeah you're just trying to calm your nerves because you don't want to go out being all nervous and start making loads of errors and then be two zero down which is quite hard especially being broken yeah it's quite hard to break back you have to do it twice if you want to then win the set yeah. so it's definitely the hardest for you.
0: So start is a hugely important thing um, I was curious do you win money for that? Yes I did. Did you? Yeah. And do all your friends think you're going to get really rich playing tennis? Well so I can only take because I'm in
1: college I can only take up to expenses Ah. so I was able to take it because of my flights from the US, and, oh, and brilliant. so
0: right. it,
1: it then covered um, also like some of the coaching that I had during that week, which was excellent, and like food. All right, But yeah, then, so. um, yeah, it can be quite annoying if I play like higher money tournaments. I won't be able to take. You can't it all. take the money only because I'm in college. Because if I take more than what I
0: have the expenses, and I'm counted as a professional. Athlete, and they're really strict in America yes. about your professional and amateur amateur status. You yes. have to maintain. It's really important. We'll talk about that. Um, you're from Black Rock. you went to school in Mount Anvil, and you did your junior cert. But tell us about this decision to go away to train, and where did you go to?
1: Yeah, so I felt like the best thing for my tennis to improve was to go away to the States where I went to Florida, to Everett Tennis Academy, and I just felt I needed Uh, to train on the clay a lot, because there was no real clay courts here, Ah. and they've gotten a few now, but it's still not quite the same as uh, real clay. Also, the training conditions out in Florida, you train in really hot, humid weather, which I felt I really needed to work on because a lot of the tournaments like I was in Spain last month and it was over 38 degrees wow. so oh I definitely <laughs>
0: if I
1: hadn't have been in Florida and trained in that yeah. weather I wouldn't have been able to get through all my matches as I
0: yeah to deal had, with that because yeah. Yeah, so. you're, you're a bit like me you're a pale Irish girl exactly <laughs> so you're not a natural in heat yeah. and that, that and, and the time you're on court of course it's a huge thing um, did you you were, must have been in the Irish tennis system before that so were you one of the you know, really talented youngsters who was going over to DCU to train and trying to combine that with school as well.
1: Yes, yeah, so I, I did go to DCU from a young age, around 10, and I luckily Mount Ambo helped me a lot because I, I was able to leave school a bit earlier sometimes and travel to DCU because it's still quite like 45 yeah, minutes right to an hour. Yeah. yeah, so it was a bit of a drive, but they always helped me with, uh, whenever I missed classes, they would catch me up, I'd have a lot of friends who would text me the homework if I didn't have it. Brilliant, so, it, so they it were very a supportive. Yes. And
0: yeah. did you do your Leaving Cert then? If you went off, so you went, when did you go to, and it's the Evers yeah. uh, Tennis Academy, obviously Chris Evers, I think a brother runs it as well. Yeah. Um, when did you go there, what age After,
1: I was 16, I'd finished my Junior Cert, so I went in the August, so the start of fourth year.
0: And. I mean, that's a huge decision for you to make and also for mum and dad to make. Yeah. Uh, you're the youngest of three, three girl, all girls. Yes. Um, I mean, how did you come to that decision and were you worried about
1: it? I was worried at the start because I was thinking, oh, I'm not going to see my family as much because it was. it's kind of like the college where I would only go home kind of Christmas and summer, so just twice a year. But mm-hmm. um, I knew that if I wanted to pursue it like... Tennis as a professional career in the later run, or just like improve my game, that it, I would need to move abroad. Just because it was great having like a lot of girls or guys around my age who yeah. are also looking to pursue it as a career. So, so tell us like, what it's,
0: a, because I, like you were in, in, in Boca Raton, but there's tons of, t- I mean, it is the, the world center for tennis academies, if you like, yeah. and Boletaria, all of those were down there, um, Serena Williams's coach has one, hasn't he, down there as well, yeah. there's tons of them, so what's, what's the daily routine in these places?
1: So for me, we would wake up around 6.15 and started our warm-up at 7 a.m., And you'd play for two hours and then do one hour of fitness. So you finished at 10 o'clock, 10.15. And I went to school across the street. Ah. So I had like 15 to 20 minutes to get ready. for school. Yeah. It would always be rushing. You'd just come out of your shower, be as fast as possible. And I'd have class from 10.30 to 2.30. Ah. And then I would be back on the tennis court at 2.45. So you'd be rushing again. And you'd play from 3 to 5.00.
0: And obviously, then you're down there. Though there's lots of tournaments down there, and I noticed you played a lot of tournaments, even in South America and that and that yeah. old junior circuit when you're there. Um, did you did you do that? You didn't do a leaving cert then. What did you do? No,
1: I took the SATs, which is the American yeah.
0: the, the college exams, basically yeah. to get into American colleges. Yeah. So, you, so I was wondering, how did you complete your secondary education? So, basically, you did it out there. Yeah. And, wha- and were you the only Irish girl there?
1: Yeah, I was. And
0: what yeah. was that like?
1: Um, to be honest, I was kind of used to it because whenever I was traveling um, from a young age I was either, a lot of the time I was by myself or with a family member so I yeah. was kind of always used to being the only Irish person and I knew it when I was going out there that I was going to be yeah. but I've kind of just been used to it and it, it was... It was different because everyone then was like, "Oh, you're Irish," yeah, so it was that's nice. Great thing. You're it was like, nice. you yeah, I'm the new Irish guy. Yeah.
0: And I know from talking, we have interviewed quite a lot of Irish young Irish athletes who are who are athletes in America. Same thing. Like sometimes it's a great bonus to be yeah. the only Irish person there. No, uh, Americans
1: love, Americans love Irish people, <laughs> it so it was perfect. I was like, thank you. And
0: did you? Did you um, what about the accommodation? Like, is it basically like a tennis boarding school? Do you? Where do you live? Who do you share with? Yeah. So we I boarded on the.
1: Tennis facilities. They have. Um, I had a roommate. Uh, it differed from the two years, uh, two and a half years I was there. So my first one, I had a girl actually from Miami, and then the second year, I had a girl from Canada.
0: Right. Yeah. And I'm presuming they're all different nationalities there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah there were.
0: Uh, so who did so you end up being really friendly with that you meet uh, all the time still? I
1: presume? Yeah. I was ended up being really friendly with a girl from Curacao. Um, it's it's in the. Caribbean island. It's a tiny little yeah. place. It's a tiny island. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go away. Uh, and then I, a few Americans, like one's from Texas, another one from New York. So it's always right. nice. Uh, there weren't too many Europeans f- right. to say, but um, no, it's still, it was still like. And a Would you ever action. actually
0: get to see Chris Everett?
1: Yes, yeah, so I really? actually worked. She worked with me a few times. Did you? Yeah, so it was, What's it was she really like? cool. She's a very nice woman. Yeah, uh, I was a bit nervous at the start because I was like, Oh my God, she's won so many grand slams, oh, no. and she's like <laughs> teaching me. But uh, no, she helped me through And she actually, whenever at the grand slams when I was playing, she, a lot of times she was commentating. She'd be there working. Commentary. Yeah, so then she would come down and watch some of my matches, which was really nice. Oh, how
0: lovely! Yeah. Well, so, she, see again, it's looking to be Irish, she probably remembers you because you're <laughs> the Irish girl apart from your talent as well. Yeah. Um, really interesting, and in fact I noticed um, Naomi Osaka and Nick, the crazy Nick Curious, as I call them, they've, they actually, do they train there occasionally or train yeah. there all the time?
1: Yeah, so when I was there Naomi Osaka trained there like the whole time with her coach, wow. which was great, so I could always watch um, their training sessions. I was really annoyed because I actually found out, um, my coach texted me saying, would you want to hit with Naomi Osaka? Ah, no. I and I wanted to, but I was like, I actually had a French exam that oh, day, and I was no. like, I was just before. I was like, oh, oh but my it, I was really annoyed, but it was fine <laughs> because I also got to hit with other pros like Monica Puig, really? who won the gold medal in the Olympics, yeah. and then also Ayla Tomljanovic, who's like top fifty as well. Right. So there were lots of pros I could then play with, which and
0: was... And that hitting practice, of yeah. course, is a quality of hitting practice. You're just not going to get here. No. That's the Irish number one, and as you say, and play as well. Yeah. Um, I have to ask you about Coco Golf for loads of reasons. First of all, listeners, and I feel very old today, mm. Georgia was born in the year 2000, so she is, you know, a baby compared to the rest of us, but, you know, Uh, you're the same, roughly, you're about four years older than Coco Gauff, so I was thinking okay, Florida, you're both in colleges down in Florida, you might have seen her, you may have played against her, and then I looked up your record and discovered you've actually played against Coco Gauff, tell us.
1: Yeah, I played against her in doubles last year at the Junior French Open. Wow. Yeah, so it was pretty cool and like she's doing amazing
0: at the moment. Uh, Would you have been conscious of her in the tennis scene and know how good she was?
1: Yeah, I'd I'd heard about her a um, good few, and like she had the previous year, gotten to the final of the U.S. Open Juniors. Yeah. So I definitely knew she was going to be a great player.
0: And had you ever met her on the circuit before that? Uh, before that? Match? Um, no, I I hadn't. Um, she
1: we didn't quite play the same tournaments. Right.
0: Yeah. To and now. as I said, yeah. it's a huge circuit huge down circuit. there. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Um, and, you t- and you took them to, it was a, it was a doubles game, wasn't it, yeah. what was it, was it French Open? Yes, French Open. And you Olympics. got to the second round, and you and who else played? It was my partner, Simona Walter, she was from Switzerland. Right, and you were playing Coco Golf And, jeez, I don't even remember. We don't even who. remember who the other one was. <laughs> you were just watching Coco all the time. Um, so you're the one who will know more than anybody else in this country why Coco Golf is so good. Why yeah. is she so good?
1: Well, I mean, first, I couldn't believe she was, like, four years younger than me because her physique, her build, physique she's is definitely, she's very athletic, strong build. And she has a, definitely has a big serve for her age. Like, I was really impressed with how she was playing. And, but, yeah, no, I've seen her, she's mentally quite strong. Which she helps, seems to be yeah, really strong. Like, just calm, and she doesn't, like, get too nervous when she's playing, like, the top people. She's yeah. kind of just, like is gonna go out there and play her game. Yeah, sometimes the youth helps that way, you're not even worried
0: about who you're playing. What what height are you? I'm nearly 5 foot 11. Which is fantastic. And is she taller than you? Um, Can you remember, did you I think her about the same height? Around the same height, I think yeah. she might be. Yeah. But she is incredibly fit and strong for her age, isn't she? At 15, yeah. it seems incredible. And she's just about to go and play in the U.S. Open now. No. She's after getting a pass for that. That's incredible. Um, so you're mixing in these kind of circles. You're playing in these kind of circles. And we should tell the listeners, your world junior rankings last year was 35. Am I right? Yeah. That is incredible for an Irish tennis player. And is that because, well clearly you're talented, but is that because you spent those, what, two seasons down in in Florida?
1: Yeah, um, I think before I went to Florida, I was around like 170 or around there, um, and then It just helped, obviously, training with a lot of girls my age, with really good competition. Yeah. And, like, one of the people I used to train with got to the final of Junior Wimbledon, like, a year ago. Really? Yeah, or two years ago. So it was always, like, great hitting with her, and then you have the pros coming in. So it helped a lot to even just watch them train and see the intensity and focus that you need to, like become when you, if you want to.
0: I imagine you learn a lot watching other people, particularly in a game like tennis, where you can see so much, and you know, the, the, the stops and the starts, and you can just see what exactly what's going on technique-wise, even, yeah. but like, number 35 in the world, at World Juniors, is, that is an amazing statistic. That's incredible. Yeah. What is, I mean, do you really feel, you must have feel, you can compete with them at that level anybody at that level
1: yeah no i did it was definitely a great achievement um because i'd beaten like people who were like top 10 but it, it was sometimes like i thought i could have pushed maybe to try and get in that higher but then in my last tournament i actually of my junior career. Um, I actually got injured in the semis oh, no. which was frustrating because it, it was quite a big tournament Where was in the it? State. it was in Eddie Herr.
0: Right. it
1: was actually in IMG Academy oh right, okay, yeah, big, so a big international yeah, yeah it was a grade one um, so it was a bit annoying that I couldn't go through with that but uh, finish it
0: out and yeah. get more points and maybe even push yeah. it up but that is still an incredible ranking and so people should know this about you you have played in all four Junior Grand Slams That's incredible. And you did, was was three of them in 2008? Three of them last year, am I right Um, in thinking that? 2018, yeah. Yeah, 2018 rather. Um, And then the Australian? Was 2016. 2016, okay. So last year, US Open, second round, Junior Wimbledon first round, and a quarter finalist in the doubles. That's amazing. Who were you playing doubles with?
1: I was playing with an American girl called Alexa Noel.
0: Who you seem to play
1: with a fair bit. Yeah, I played with her a few times. our games worked well together because she was good at net and I was quite a hard hitter, so it's trying to help set her up for the net game. Right, so, so you're,
0: you're a good combination. Yeah, that's incredible. Who beat you?
1: Um, we lost to Whitney Osuigwe and Katie McNally by much. Um, it was I can't fully remember the score, but it was quite close because we actually lost them the previous week in a close one again. Really? But it was the problem was that. Um, in doubles, it's first point after deuce, and we lost all of them, so are it didn't, you have, uh, yeah, you didn't have the we, advantage. We, no, oh, we that go, is tough, isn't it? It was definitely tough because if we even won a few of them, it would have turned like yeah. the match around. But it was just frustrating.
0: And what court was that played on? And Wimbledon like Chris, where were you playing? It was actually the court where
1: the longest match was. I think that's. Eighteen, right? Because I've never it. been to Wimbledon, so I yeah. have no
0: idea where where the juniors are playing. But are you yeah. you're playing on the outside? The yeah, you're playing obviously. The, yeah. And then French Open second round, I think first round in singles and second yeah. round in the doubles again. Yeah. Right.
1: I got a bit unlucky um, with singles draws because I got in French Open the number three seed wow. and then Wimbledon like the number six seed who then won U.S. Open. Wow. So it was kind of like tough playing them first round because. I was also quite nervous and then a lot of family and Irish people came over came to over. watch because yeah, it's naturally. quite close. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of put a bit too much pressure on me, which is like annoying. Cause, but then US Open, I had a really uh, close second round match against, I think, like one of the top eight seeds. It was really close one.
0: Um, so, incredible, that was an incredible year, um, but the first the first junior uh, Grand Slam was Australia? Yes, yeah. What was that like?
1: That was amazing. <laughs> uh, definitely, I think that Wimbledon was my favourite Grand Slam, but Australia was actually my second favourite Grand Slam because uh, it was pretty cool. You got to... It was. I was sixteen or fifteen at the time, and I was like really nervous. And I could like s- see all the pros, and actually. Um Nishikori, I met Nishikori, and he held the door open for me. And I was like, "Thank you." I was like, "You don't have to," but I was like, "Okay." You seemed really sweet, sweet. Oh. Yeah. So it was definitely an amazing experience. That must have been like an out
0: of body experience yeah. to even play there, to go to yeah. and go to these places. And and um, do you do you share the same dressing rooms? or Are you miles away from the seniors, or what happens at these big grand slams?
1: Yeah. So in Australia, French Open and Wimbledon, you share with the pros so it's like amazing except for Wimbledon it's the top 16 seeds they're in a different one ah, where you have the rest but okay. in Australia yeah and French Open I was beside like Simona Halep and everyone Wozniacki and I was just like are you serious yeah, yeah no it, it was so it
0: was you're really going cool. in changing, and getting your gear yeah. and they're over there getting their gear yeah my goodness, and and have you ever met anybody or stopped? Ever? I like that you had the door opened, obviously. Have you yeah. met anybody? Um, so my favourite tennis player is Rafa Nadal, and I have like
1: a huge crush on him. <laughs> <laughs> and so at the French Open, I... Unfortunately, didn't get to meet him or get a photograph. So I told my friends at Wimbledon, like, you have to tell me, text me the minute you see him because <laughs> I need to get a photo with him. So I had just finished practicing and I was in the gym just stretching and my friend runs in. She's like, he's right outside. He's about to go on court. Like, you should run. And then my coach said, OK, you can. <laughs> oh, nice knew. coach. Thank you. And then I go up and my voice started breaking and I was shaking. I was like... <laughs> I was like, he couldn't even hear me say, like, Can I have a photo? I was just, like, <laughs> trying so hard, and then I like, got out of me, and then I got the photo, and I run away, and I started crying for, like, five oh, minutes, because I was so happy. <laughs> <laughs> was definitely, like, one of the, my favourite tennis players of all time. And um, because of the way he plays? Um, just how, like, he fights so hard, he never gives up, like, he'll never even notice even if he's in pain on court, yeah. like... He just plays through anything, and right. I think he's just an amazing role model. So he's always been the hero, then.
0: Yeah. Um, and we we talk about it here, uh, you know. And if there's a big twenty by twenty campaign about, you know, wh- who are the role models for our young girls because we don't see enough women in sport, or we don't see women's sport as regularly as we see men's. So were there were there female sport- or tennis players that you were role models for you as well?
1: Yeah, like I looked up to Serena Williams because obviously she has. 23 Grand slams. So, like, she's an amazing athlete. Um, also her sister, like, Venus, yeah. the two of them. I'm
0: a Venus fan, yeah. I have to say. I was always a Venus yeah. fan. Yeah, I'm Venus, not Serena.
1: Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah, no, it is. Uh, but, like, the amount of wins she has, it's just amazing. Like, to be around for so long yeah, and still longer, be at the top. Yeah. Like, even people say, like, and although she hasn't won at Grand Slam since she's had a baby, but she's been in the final of, I think, three yeah, since, yeah. so it's so amazing to be able to have such a high level.
0: Yeah, no, it is incredible, and, and no sign of stopping either, which no. is amazing. Um, so tell us now, you, do, you did two years in the Everett Academy, um, you qualify, you, you finish your SATs, you apply to American colleges, yep. you are now where? I'm now in Vanderbilt University in Nashville, in Tennessee. In Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, could there be more difference from Florida <laughs> to Nashville, from yeah. Black Rock to Florida yeah. to Nashville, Tennessee? Yeah. Um, and uh, why did you choose that college? So I was looking at a few colleges.
1: Um, I wanted one that was academically known, especially in Ireland. So if anything were to happen to me um, where I was, wasn't able to continue tennis, like an injury, or then even once I finish my tennis career, I would definitely want something. So I looked around and I narrowed my choices down to UCLA, Duke and
0: Vanderbilt. And Duke wa- is where Leona Maguire, of course, are great uh, golfers have been, yeah. yeah and are yeah. they tennis colleges as well, they are? Yeah.
1: yeah, so all three of them were top ten, so I was looking at them all, and they all had obviously great academics, but when I went on my visits, I really clicked with the coaches in Vanderbilt, Right. and they just had a player graduate the year before I came, and she's now playing she's just, in all the Grand Slams.
0: She's just gone into the world top 100, isn't yeah. she? What's her yeah. name? Astra Sharma. That's her, Astra yeah. Sharma, yeah, I noticed that, yeah. She's just she's just come inside the world top 100. Yeah. So you could see there that they're yeah. good at their stuff.
1: Yeah, they definitely improved the players, uh, which I was definitely looking for because I just wanted to work on my tennis also and get great education.
0: And you kind of started mid-season. You kind of joined them in January. Yeah. Um, and I noticed, we should tell listeners as well, rookie of the year in her area. Um, already ranked in the top 60 college players in America and you're still, you're only, when were you you turn 19? April. April, my yeah. goodness. So it's been a really good start to
1: your college career. Yeah, no, it's definitely been amazing. Um, my teammates, love them all and the coaches, everyone's been helping me. And are you the only Irish girl on campus again? Yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's always right. yeah. going to be, that's always
0: going to be, they'll always remember you yeah. because you're the only Irish girl on campus. And again, are you in a dorm situation or how, where yeah. do you live? Yeah. So. so I'm
1: on, I live on campus. My roommate is a soccer player. Oh, lovely. Yeah. She also joined in January. So Great. we're two new people. Yeah, but it, two newbies. Yeah. So, but it, it was good because now, I also am friendly with a few of the soccer girls as well. Yeah. I'm going to, she, watched, she came to all my matches when I was at home, which was really nice because their season is from August to December. Right. So now I'll be able to go and watch
0: a few. And where is she from? Uh, she's from Texas. Right. Okay. So again, yeah. somebody who's new to the area, which is great. Yeah. It's going to be. I presume um, it's hectic. Up every morning, probably training, college, traveling for for games. It's a very competitive. The whole NCAA circuit is very busy. Um, who's coaching you there then? Uh, Do you, did you did you have a different coach? I presume at Everett, and then you're a new college coach now.
1: Yeah. So I have a different coach now. My college coach is Jeff McDonald. All right. And then the assistant is leaky Subanas. Right. Yeah, so. And
0: when you were home now playing in something like the Irish Open, who's coaching you there? Because your college coach isn't going to come all the way.
1: Yeah, so I actually didn't really have a coach for the summer and then uh, before the tournament I went with Owen Casey, who works in Donnybrook. Former Irish international Davis
0: Cup player. Right. Yeah, so he helped So he was the one who brought you to that tournament.
1: Yeah, Yeah. it helped because I hadn't played on the surface. On the savanna surface in yeah. over two years, so wow. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was struggling a bit at the start to get with the timing because it's quite fast. Yes, um, so then he just I worked with him a few days and it, it helped a lot. So. Right, so,
0: and I'm always really curious about people of your quality and uh, world-class players and us stuffers Is your equipment completely different than ours? Do you have these multi-million-pound rackets <laughs> that do fancy things? No, just a regular. I have Babolat, the Pure Aero one. A lot of people have it. Well, they and do you have? Because I know, uh, do you have rackets now that have uh, have equipment in them that measures stuff and does all of that kind of thing and downloads into a computer?
1: Um, My rackets don't do that because I just, I never kind of like. Bothered with it, yeah. But um, I know, I do know, like a lot of players who do. And would the pros
0: all have those, or would they Um, be bothered with it? I'm not. Is that like a techie thing that you know?
1: (laughs) I'm not positive um,
0: if they all do. I I know a few who have. Yeah, because I I heard that recently. I heard that from somebody I know with strings rackets, and he said, "Oh, you can get them, and you can get the information out of them about your velocity and all that." And I thought, "Oh, that's interesting." Yeah. Um, what's your service speed? Uh, I'm not actually sure. On a really strong one. You don't know. I don't know. <laughs> What's the, What are the top women serving? Um, They're serving up to 100, um, I think. I was yeah. looking at Wimbledon. I mean, it's so. different yeah. on different uh, surfaces as well. But, like, that's what I was thinking. What do you need to work on, and what is the thing that you really need to work on for the next even 12 months?
1: Yeah, so I've been working a lot on my fitness of just kind of... Movement around the court because I'm quite tall. Like sometimes yeah. it's quite hard. Um, just trying to stay low and always always hard. Yeah. I
0: mean, you have to reach obviously. Yeah, which helps, is Always the problem. Yeah,
1: no. Just kind of. I'm just working a lot on my kind of speed and movement along the court, and then. Strength. Mostly it's like kind of physical aspect. So I've been doing it all the summer at home. I may not have been playing as much, but I've been working a lot on my...
0: So you're lifting, you're doing weights yeah. obviously as well. Yeah. yeah. And is that a big part of tennis now?
1: Yeah. No, the one thing that's hard about tennis is you have so many different aspects you need to work on as well. You don't know how long a match will last for. So you have to work on your cardio, your strength, your speed, your quickness and alertness to... Be able to kind of know where your opponent's kind of going based yeah. on your shot so that you can kind of get a little quick head start to get to the ball. Yeah,
0: so you have to be a very rounded athlete to yeah. play tennis, apart from having the skills. yeah, Because it's, it's be- I mean, games can go on so long now. And the argument about, oh, equal pay, women should play five sets, could you put this one to rest, please, yeah. and explain to the world that men don't always play five sets, am I right? Yeah, they only play five sets during the Grand Slams. So, most tournaments that you go to, men are playing three, women are yeah. playing three. Yeah. yeah. This is such a, you know, it's such a myth, this yeah. thing about the five sets. <laughs> Would you like to play five sets? Um, I personally
1: wouldn't think it'd be too useful for for my tennis because I feel like three sets is enough, Yeah, but then, because uh, you can just focus on. I think sometimes five sets can be just a bit too long, especially when you have like the six soul and the tiebreaker. Yeah. It's just like, it does wear you down. Like, you can have a 3 setter match, which is like seven, six, six, seven, seven, six. Brilliant and match. And it's over like yeah. three, four hours. I don't think you need like. No, a
0: and the seven. quality often goes in yeah, the really, really, really long games. That's yeah. the problem. The quality You just get goes. tired and then yeah. like
1: definitely the quality would go down
0: yeah so three sets for everyone maybe that's the solution to all the people who give out about and argue about those things um you're going back to college next week um when would you start when would you start competing again then over there
1: yeah so actually our first tournament is the week of september 10th wow so yeah. you've had hardly any break really yeah so that's why right after our show ben, i had to take a week off and i hadn't played so it was definitely you went off for sorry. a family holiday yeah where we went to Marbella
0: in Spain oh nice yeah. good no tennis for the no. week no what a luxury yeah <laughs> some people definitely. go on holiday so they can play tennis yeah. you go on holiday <laughs> so you don't play any yeah. and is was there tennis in the family
1: yeah so i actually grew up with um, my whole family playing tennis like we have different types of levels Obviously my dad was a lot better than my mom and then my two sisters played and they were top bad uh, in Ireland so right. and a, what was the club uh, we grew up in Donnybrook one time. Right. Okay. Yeah, and then we all kind of became members also of Fitzwilliam.
0: Right, so so you always have access to somewhere to play when you're at yeah. home as well, and Fitzwilliam obviously yeah. is a great facility. Um, world rankings, explain to me, because it's something that really confuses me, I don't understand the difference between WTA rankings and ITF rankings, so yeah. Women's Tennis Association is WTA and ITF is the International Tennis Federation, yeah. and you have rankings in both, so what's yeah. the difference?
1: So that just started this year and it's actually they've changed it now on August 5th, I think it was, that so now you just have the one WTA ranking. Ah. You don't no longer will have an ITF ranking. Right. Um, so they used that so that basically in 15Ks, which was the one in the Irish Open, is that... Which is prize money 15K, yeah. Yeah, overall. Yeah. Um, so then it basically was saying, there was quite like a few of people who would only play 15Ks and then they would win a lot and they would play in like Egypt and random places. So then they'd get quite a high ranking. So they'd be like top 300 then. Yeah. And they felt like you shouldn't really be that high of a ranking for only playing the lowest tournaments and a oh, lot nice. of them. So they then decided that this year that you could only, for 15Ks, you'd only get an ITF ranking. Ah. And so if you had a really high ITF ranking, it could get you into... Um like a special exempt into like a twenty five k which right, is the next the level. next level up but um yeah, it just meant that you couldn't like be counted as a professional because once you have a WTA then you're kind of
0: so you had an i t f ranking of one hundred and ten uh, i think so, yeah, which yeah. is really 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 good yeah um and two seven one in the doubles. Have they got rid of that now completely? And you're on your world rankings yeah. now, and so your world rankings. What is? Um, I looked at it yesterday. It's seven nine five. Right, so and you're basically only starting your yeah. career because you've only played two two tournaments on that tour. Yeah. If you like, you just got from senior to junior, so that's the challenge now is to move up that. Um, and you will be able to have your college career and also play then on the on that that tour as well. We'll be able to manage both.
1: Yeah, I'll be able to. In the summers, that's when I'm looking to play a lot of the women's events. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping maybe, may, if I can, like one tournament between like August and December, I can do it with my college. Yeah. So if it's in the States,
0: maybe they'll allow me. Right, yeah, but, exactly. Um, you know, it's tough. It's going to be tough because NCA college college is going to be very, your division one is going to be very yeah. high standard as well. Um, it's interesting. I saw, I don't know, listeners might want to see it or try and find it. Uh, Sam Barry from Limerick made a brilliant documentary. Did you see it? I didn't see it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's on air sports. You should look it up and find it, listeners. But, like, it just really brings home the difficulty of trying to break it and break into... Um, their top rankings in tennis, and what a tough life it is. Because for most Irish players who go on the circuit, you don't have a full time physio, full time coach, full time all these things. You are trying to get you are all over the world on these satellite tours, um, and even I looked up statistics. The, the, the International Tennis Federation did a study in twenty thirteen. Fourteen thousand players played professional tennis in twenty thirteen. Fourteen thousand players, right? Half of them made no money and on the the international circuit, to two hundred twenty-two, 200, nearly three hundred million, right, was the prize money. Only three hundred thirty-six men and two hundred and fifty-three women broke even. Your mum's sitting outside in the control room and she's looking very worried at this date. But in other words, so few people make a living making tennis, playing tennis. Um, only three hundred thirty-six men and two hundred and fifty-three women, and that was before they paid their coaches. So that's how competitive it is. That's how tough it is. Why on earth would you want to be a professional
1: tennis player? I just love the game. Um, always enjoyed, especially doing well on tournaments. It just gets such a great feeling, and everyone I know is so supportive—family, friends, even people I don't know—they're always coming up to me and congratulating me. Um, I just really enjoy it, and I, I. I don't mind, like, that's why I have education as a backup. As your backup, yeah. So if I don't make a living out of it, I mean, at least I've given it a try and I have my education as a backup.
0: And when you train as hard as you do and you're hitting for hours, do you still get the same pleasure that anybody does from hitting a ball absolutely perfectly? Does that still feel as joyous?
1: Yeah, especially when I play indoor hard when I'm at home. I love the sound of it. Really? It just echoes really nice. <laughs> that <laughs> lovely sound. Yeah.
0: But it is an amazing feeling, isn't it? When you know that you've hit, whether it's a server, you're a two-hand, lovely two-handed backhander, yeah. when you hit a ball cleanly, it's a beautiful feeling, isn't it? Yeah,
1: no, it is. It's and so- is
0: that what keeps you going? I mean, that just that love of doing that. Yeah, the love of that. And then just, I love being on the
1: court, the excitement of it all and everything. It's definitely it's a lot of fun
0: and is it tough though not to have that you know support system like uh, I suppose with college you'll have it but like do you go to tournaments and you're on your own and there are people there who have whole teams with them and backup teams with them yeah so actually one of the tournaments I went to I actually went with one of my
1: teammates so it was just us and so it was definitely I saw a lot of them they all had coaches or a team so it was kind of tough and then the next one I did I went by myself
0: in Spain, so that was definitely quite hard. Because Sam Barry was saying, that's, the, that's, that's what tests your resilience, yeah. it's not your physical skills, no. it's not your fitness, it's just the fact that sometimes you don't have that support system with you on yeah. the court when maybe you're struggling.
1: Yeah, no that's why in juniors all my life I'd, I'd travel with one family member um my granddad my my dad even my cousins each one we tried to get anyone just because I wasn't able to have a coach always traveling with me yeah. so that was like the great thing when I went to the states I actually had a coach traveling with me to, to- every tournament yeah um, but no yeah once now I'm back in the summer playing the women's events like it is quite tough you get quite lonely as well yeah it was definitely uh, luckily I, my doubles partner was really nice we got along with her really well. Huge so, thing then. Uh, yeah. I was then spending a lot of my time with her but I was like if I didn't have her you wouldn't really be talking to anyone besides like on the phone. Yeah So tough
0: tough it's yeah. a tough career to pick. Yeah. It is a tough choice but the college system now will have will give you a great support system for the next few years. Yeah. And I reckon you must be fairly resilient already as soon as you went off to America on your own at 16. Yeah. And obviously thrived there.
1: Yeah no it was definitely it was different um because usually like Travelling for tournaments, so you'd be coming home every three weeks or every few... And then just only coming home twice a year was definitely... I was scared at first, but then I kind of just got used to it. And then became a lot more independent, because I had to like wash my own clothes, yeah. w- cook a bit luckily a lot of the places like they, they'd they have food for us Right. but then like sometimes I just was like sick of eating all that food so I just decided to cook for myself and,
0: and what do you bring from home that you know you really really would miss like for me with potatoes I have to bring yeah. potatoes everywhere with me no if- I actually my grandparents always send
1: out bistro potatoes for me <laughs> do they yeah, I, and <laughs> you I get I the
0: little packages from home yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. and then I miss the dairy milk chocolate and then always have to have my shreddies and Weedabix really yeah they're my favourite cereal so
0: you bring to, so you bring those from home yeah, yeah. See, there's always something <laughs> for everybody we we'll look at uh, we can't wait to see what you do next and uh, number 35 in world junior rankings is just sensational uh, for an irish tennis player and uh, you've obviously got a great career ahead of you so we look forward georgia to seeing how well you do in the future yeah, no, thank you so much um, thank you listeners for listening, just before we finish today, um, we don't get a chance to say this very often but we had Michelle O'Neill in here recently the uh, referee and she made history again last night um, she was part of the all women's crew that uh, crewed the, the refereeing crew that crewed the UEFA Super Cup huge, again a massive uh, groundbreaking thing for women in football so congrats Michelle and if you want to find our interview with Michelle you'll get it on, uh, on our podcast, uh, get it in to a, our series link there. Also, uh, Wexford Youth just back from Champions League. Uh, they won two of their games, lost the third, and didn't go through. But a great performance by them. Um, and they're back in. And the Women's National League is continuing as it is. We're getting to the climax of the GA season for women. Uh, Camogie semi-finals are this weekend, August seventeenth in Limerick. Women's football semi-finals, two absolute crackers. This two semi-finals are on August the twenty-fifth in Crow Park for the first time ever. So it'd be brilliant if they got a great crowd there. Uh, last athletics uh, big meet of the season is the morton games and that's august uh, the 21st in santry um, and domestic rugby is back women's rugby is back the Interpros start this weekend and there's a new format so everybody gets five games so they've really expanded the tournament five rounds in six weeks is going to be tough on them but they're back so again we keep saying oh here all the time if women's sport is to uh, grow um and get more sponsorship it needs more people to get out there and support it and follow it so If you can get to games, please get to games. And until we talk to you again, thanks again to Georgia Drummy. Um, We'll be watching her progress with great interest in the future. Enjoy your sport.